I'm Linda van Tolwick for Business and joining us today in the Business Studio is Dr. Willem van Amarwe, a specialist knee surgeon from Newlands in Cape Town. He's a former president of the International Society of Arthroscopy, Knee Surgery and Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. van Amarwe's expertise was crucial in aiding Springbok captain Sia Colisi's recovery from an injury that threatened his role in the box title defence at this year's Rugby World Cup in Paris. Well, welcome, Dr. van Amarwe. Thank you very much. I'm uh, looking forward to our, to our talk. Well, we're very eager to hear about Sia's recovery journey. How did it all start and pan out? Yeah, it's. Uh, I played a little bit of sport myself and... I remember how certain matches are really just important, and I remember how you can can get there and the and the things that can happen. So when Sia came to see me, uh, he he was asked by Andre Pollard and Peter Steff the toy to come and see me because I I'd done something similar to them. Peter Steff had to he was twenty fifteen I think World Cup he got injured four months before then, and we had to get him, and we did that successfully. Andre Pollard was four months before the Lions tour. And we we got him back, so uh, they said, "Well, if you want to play, go and uh, you know go and see Doctor Funimarbet." And I must say, when he came to see me, he was on crutches, and I think there was a there was one Argentinian and an All Black that got the, tore their ACLs in the same week, and they were out, they were gone, they were told the World Cup is over. But I said, "Listen, I we have done it before. We have got some different technique." I cannot promise you, but we can have a go. But we won't put your health at risk and your long-term career is more important. And now it's a good story. Now everything went out fine and now we can. Now everything worked out well. This number is mentioned of 119 days recovery from the day he walked into your surgery up to um, the day he, I think he led um, this box at in Wales and Cardiff. Wales, yeah. Yeah, so 119-day recovery, that's amazing. I spoke to a young woman, um, she's a national lacrosse player in England um, last night because I know she's a friend of my my, my daughter, and she said it took her nine months to recover from an ACL, but hers snapped completely. No, so she snapped completely too, completely. (laughs) So is there, I think, I think the the average is, is six months to nine months. But as doctors, you know, the big thing for us is we don't want re-injury. But we, we we changed the surgery a little bit. I think I think I spent my whole career. I hate I hate dogma. I always I always try and uh, Dr. Freddie Fu was my mentor. He was from uh, from Pittsburgh in in the, in the U.S. And he always told me, listen, there are better ways. We can we can you must find a better way to do this. So. Sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional. He passed away last year. Amazing man. Anyway, so I was, I, we, and when I looked at the literature, this three, the six months wasn't really based on science. It was, uh, I think the biggest problem we have is that the, the athlete doesn't do anything for six months and his, his muscles and he doesn't believe in his knee. And I think that's a big problem. So, but we, we did change the surgery a little bit. We made sure that the graft is protected. And we and we started loading them early, but see, I wasn't the first one, and we followed them up, and we saw that they actually handled it very well. So when Sia came to see me, I said, "Okay, we'll do the surgery." I think the one thing we did a little bit different is the athlete himself has to believe that this is fine. So when after the surgery, 
I said to see, hey, it wasn't so bad, you know. It wasn't a bad injury, although it was. And we didn't have to repair the hole. We had to repair it. I think the problem with athletes are you can't tell them, listen, this is a bad injury. It's going to take you nine months. Your chances of re-injuring it is 30%. Your knee's never going to be the same. You're going to get early osteoarthritis, but be positive. They're not going to be positive. So I think the signals that we gave them, and I said to him from the start, listen, your knee is strong now. You don't need any crutches. You never had crutches. I have a video of him walking around. I said, you don't need crutches. You're fine. Came to see me on day three, and I said, you should get on a bike on a cycle now. And his physio said, no, no, it's way too early. He hasn't got all the range of motion and his VMO. And as I walked away, I said, see, I just between you and me, get on the bike. And he got on the bike, sent me a video. So I think uh, I think a lot of it is, is is not based on true science. And as one, once, and we, we never went to the gym. I said to him, get back on the field, start throwing the ball around, feel how your knee feels. If he, and as soon as he felt that his knee was stable and he trusted it, it's amazing, the recovery. So more, more to do with him than me. And let's get a bit into medical stuff. So what exactly do you do that's different? We we uh, we use the same graft. We use a hamstring tendon. We, there's, there's different grafts. But we we create sockets in the bone that we, that we put the graft in. So I don't use... But the socket in the femur, in order to get it anatomically, we have to put it at an angle. And I think that angle, when you move your knee, that's what causes that so-called killer killer corner. I think that's what causes the problem. So we found a way to to avoid that, so that the ligament doesn't doesn't have this these bends that it has to do. And we saw that it heals that it heals better. Well, so you sit on this international body as well, and you know you you speak to people. I assume all the time. What was the comment? Did they all say, "Why this is too way too soon"? Yep. Very, uh, very, very negative. I, uh, but I looked at the literature. There was actually nobody has ever torn their torn their ACL in the first four months after after reconstruction. It's actually supposed to be very strong now. So I'm not sure why this long delay is. I think it's it's just passed down from mentor to. But they were all they all said no. I'm I'm crazy and I'm and I'm quitting the the one a good friend of mine from from France, a very good surgeon. And, Phoned me and, and see us going to uh, who's racing ninety two or Paris ninety two the next club in Paris and he's there also being surgeon he phoned me he says what is your team what is the team doing yeah I, I'm sure you are not agree with this that they want to bring him back at three months and I said no I I actually think he's fine we looked at him and he's fine he said oh this is this is really you are you are jeopardizing his future but uh, I think he's actually doing better and I think the We've used the same technique in 18, 19-year-old kids too, which is our real problem. And they work well. I think it's, I think it's uh, something. But I've, I've presented it in Japan first, and I've, and I've presented it somewhere else, and uh, people just, uh, they just think I've done the normal thing, and I'm just putting them back on the field early and see how it goes. But it's, it's not that. But we'll, so, we'll get there. They say new ideas takes about three years to get into mainstream. So, so even after the success of SIA and some of the <clears throat> the other box, people are still questioning your method. Yes, I, and I think correctly so. I think you, you know, if every if you do one or two and it works, people shouldn't just change the next day. I think we should uh, we should uh, study it further and give some more evidence and write some papers. But uh, we're getting some collaboration overseas. So, 
I think rightly so. This is something new. We don't want to put anybody at risk, but hopefully in two years' time, it will be more more acceptable and, and done by more people. Yeah, I had a professor, I tell you this, he says when you have a new idea, there's always three three steps. He says the first time you do it, they tell you that this is crazy. What are you doing? Don't, don't do this. He says, and then when it sort of works out, they'll say, interesting, but you have to, you know, you have to show us the science. And once once it works in that, they'll say, oh, but we haven't, we always knew this. This is nothing new. So I think we don't, if you look for big accolades from your partners, it's never going to come. <laughs> you talked about a mentor that you had. Um, what what else formed this belief in you or your, your skills that you have? Yeah, yeah. I think it's my whole life I'm trying to do things differently. I, uh, I, I had a few other stuff. That, that we did, we do eccentric training and and I think it's based on science, but I, uh, I I don't like just looking up stuff that I've done for the last 10 years. So a lot of a lot of surgery is they say, I've done this for 10 years and these are my results. And a lot of people haven't changed their techniques in 20 years. For me, that's 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 not science. That's, uh, I don't know what, what that is. So I think the other one that Tim Noakes was also one of my mentors said to me, everything we do today, 50% is wrong of everything we do. We just don't know which 50%. But I think if you have that mindset that, listen, probably half we do is wrong, but we have to be careful and and not uh, and, and, and do it properly. But I think my, my whole life has been breaking down dogma. I have some sense in me, I think. And And how important is the support team you have in South Africa? for the success of your work. I, I must acknowledge Neil van Avelt. He's my partner. We we did a lot of this together. He did a fellowship in, in uh, Australia with uh, with some of the best surgeons there. So we he was sort of the, the my I had to bounce this off him. He was the negative one and I was a positive one. And I think that's good. I whenever I said he would he would come up with ideas why it shouldn't work. And then once I convinced him then we then we could move on. So I think Neil but other than that, uh, not not much. Most of most of the others were uh, a lot of people was hoping it failed. That's for sure. So, what is your background? You trained in South Africa. You spent time in Oxford. You were a, a professional cricketer. Um, I see you also played cricket for for Oxford. Yeah, I grew up in the Transvaal. Went to Grey Grey Bloom, and then uh, actually did my medicine there, and then specialized at UCT, and. Uh, but even then, I always, I always wanted to go to Oxford. I don't know why. But uh, so I always wanted to see different things. And I, I played a lot of sport. And I think part of it is that really the athlete comes first to me. The Irish have a good, good saying. They, you know, I don't want to step on any toes, but, you know, the baggies manager and the physio and the trainer, they call them alicadoos. And for me, I never really liked it. You're not you're not the guy making the tackle. You're just sitting on the side. Be just. I don't think these guys should wear the Springbok jersey. I don't feel myself. It's all about the players, and you have to support them. So I think uh, I think that's what it. It's sort of. I had a few of my own the 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 day before the Oxford game, and you only get Oxford blue if you play against Cambridge. That's that's it. I I hurt my knee. I tore my MCL. And I tore it completely. I felt it going open. So I thought, well, I've done so much now. I'll go the next day and I'll just run up in the first scrum. I'll stay down, come off, and I'll get my blue. 
And even the morning when we played, I felt my knee moving. And I mean, I'm not a, I'm not gung ho and I'm not stupid. And I went on the field and I never felt it. I never felt my knee. I played the whole game. I never felt it afterwards. And I think my big theory now is 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 what our brain thinks our knees are. And I think we can accomplish amazing things if we don't interfere with this. And this technique works in people like Siakulisi or Andre Pollard or Peter Steffs the toy. I I think the and there's some evidence now that the brain, the this whole healing process is controlled by the brain and the brain can really shut down the knee if it gets all these negatives. So I think I realized that that anything is anything is possible and we should explore it. And just because we can't measure what the brain does, we shouldn't ignore it. So uh, that's my that's my aim in future, and I to to try and prove what if we if we get the brain in the right the right condition, I think the eating will be much better. How important was that for Sia to believe? Very very important. Yeah, I think one thing Sia wanted to play. I think he was, uh, <laughs> but I said to him, Sia, if you don't if you don't trust your knee, don't play, don't do anything, and it's just between you and me. And he said from the start, his knee felt strong. And he trusted it, so he was. These guys are—they—they're not there for nothing. They are—they are amazing. They can—they uh, have very strong minds and very strong wills. So uh, now I think through the whole thing, we never had a—we never had a problem. Did you also experience him as the special person that we all think he is? Very, very much so. Uh, I think the one thing they—when they're in trouble, they know they're in trouble. They—the doctors, everything. They, they know he knows his knee is gone and he's not going to question what I do. But all of them, I, I call it presence. They've, they've got this amazing presence. They don't, they don't say anything. Pollard had it. Peter Steffs toy incredibly has it. But they, they are all very humble. But they are all confident. They all, and all of them when they have the injury, they never blame anybody. They don't look why me, why did it happen to me. They always say, okay, what are we going to do? When can I start training? How do we fix this? They very. Really positive people. Do you find that there's international sportsmen who are now turning to you because of the success you had with people like Siakulis? Uh Not yet. Not yet. I think it's, uh, um, it's had one or two calls, but, I, and, but I, 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 I'm not there yet. I can't intervene. I know uh, Neymar in, in Brazil injured his knee, and I know the, the surgeon, the, I mean, he's, a, he's also ex-president of Isakos, who's a surgeon, and he does all the big... We guys in Brazil, fantastic surgeon, really. And he didn't do the surgery. Some some friend of the agent in a small town in Brazil. So I think these stars, people people are very really it's it's a they love being they know it's a big thing for their career. So he was done by, you know, it can make your career, but it can also break it. So I, luckily, I'm old enough now. But I said to Sia, listen, we are. I mean, I was just completely honest with him. And I said, if you're not ready, we're not going to play. And he was actually playing full contact for three weeks before the Wales game already. So there was that. So, uh, but uh, it's. I think these athletes are, are different. But uh, hopefully, we can make it mainstream going forward. Well, do you think South African doctors possess this unique mindset that encourages innovative thinking? Because if you think of somebody like Chris Barnard, I mean, he thought totally out of the box, like you do. I'm not. A, I'm not Chris Barnard. That's, I'm not in the same same level as that. That's completely something else. Uh, I have a certain. I have a, we have some French blood in us, and some. I think the one thing, South Africans, we don't like 
being told what to do. We, I was in America now, and they, you go to a hospital for special surgery. It's the most famous orthopedic hospital. And the guy that's in charge, nobody, none of the young guys will ever question what the leader does. Where if you go to France, the young guys want to prove their prof wrong. So I think, I think the one thing we, I think we we're quite humble, but we, we want to prove we we don't like being told what to do and just take everything for granted. We like exploring things. So I think that's our French French side of stuff. And uh, yeah, as you know, we. We don't like too many rules and we don't like too many, we don't like government telling us what to do. And I think the same, yeah. And that's probably what makes um, Rossi also an, a unique leader. I think, I think Rossi is a, uh, yeah, he was he was really the, you know, I, I think he's a genius. And I think what he did right was also this mental, the mental attitude of the patient. I think if you speak to all of them, and he didn't, Rossi didn't speak to me, but I think he needed Sia as part of the team. He sort of, I got the idea that this team is not not the same without Sia, and they all said to me, "Listen, don't uh, don't get this one wrong. We need Sia back." So, yeah, I I think just to do something different, and we, but it was a lot of my colleagues said things and and, and about Rusty too. They didn't like Rusty, and they, oh, this and that. I said, you know, that's the best you can do. Tell us, tell us, uh, South Africans, how bad we are and what the bad things you do. I say we use that as motivation. That's the best motivation you can get. It so. I think we're always the small little country told that we don't know anything, but we uh, we like standing up. And what did you feel? Did Siof tell you about the weight of expectation he had on his shoulders? Because it seemed that did that did play he, any did, role? No, he never. He never spoke of that. He always, to me, it sounded like this was the biggest privilege in his life. He never felt that he owns anybody. He said, "Listen." I've been, I'm already blessed. Even if I don't play this one, I would like to play. And I've got, you know, and I, I, he wanted to contribute. He never, all of these guys never feel that anybody owns them something or they have to do something. No, he was never, he never, he never mentioned that. He just, he just said, let's try the best we can. And if we can play, we can play. The one thing he said is he won't play if he's not 100% fit. He says he's not going to, play and be 80% because then he'll let his team team down. So they I don't think they feel expectations. They look they just look at the they look at the future. They don't they don't feel pressure, these guys. If I if I speak to them, they have this presence. And and, and Pollard had it and Chad Clo and, and Graham Smith had it. But none of this is they it's a it's a it's a confidence, but it's not they're all very humble. They're all it's not arrogance. No, it's not arrogance. I think they just they know they work hard and they'll try their best and and that's that's it they they uh yeah that we're not I'm not not sure what it is but all these top guys have it and it's they're all very humble they all but they when the when the chips are down they believe in themselves that's for sure. Devlin van der Merwe, thank you so much for speaking to us. All right. 